HR professionals, business owners, and operations at all levels are struggling to figure out what needs to change. Our system has been shocked, practices have been questioned, and conversations are finally happening. We all know there has been a huge shift in what people want. Inclusion and diversity are common phrases, but often misunderstood. Generations are coming together more than ever on what's important. Mental health has been brought to the forefront of everyone's mind. Let's humanize these conversations. Let's talk about what's important for employees to be successful in life and at their job, and how companies can create an environment to allow them to do both. Because successful people will make up a successful workforce. I'm Leanne Lovely. Let's get this conversation started. Well, you're in for a treat today. Today I am speaking with Tom Graybill. He is the Vice President of Sales for Trimark Communications, a video and event production company working globally to assist clients from entrepreneurs to Fortune 100 companies. Tom has worked at Trimark for 27 years and previously was in television news as a producer for stations in Miami and Milwaukee. Tom is involved in many professional and nonprofit organizations, including serving as president of the Wisconsin chapter of Meeting Professionals International. Tom graduated from the University of Miami. He has been married for 31 years and has two adult daughters. And a fun fact, he was on a game show. Tom, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Thank you, Leanne. It's a, it's my pleasure, and I appreciate the opportunity to share. So um, why don't you start out by telling me a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, I'm Tom Graybill. I work for a company called Trimark Communications. We're a uh, video and event production company. I worked there for a very long time. In fact, in March, it'll be 28 years working for the same company, which is, which is pretty crazy to think about these days. Um, before I worked at Trimark, I was in television news. I worked at television stations in Milwaukee and also one in Miami. Um, my tenure in, in Milwaukee was marked by um, being there during the whole Dahmer case. That's probably the uh, the biggest case that I had to deal with, which was interesting. I uh, uh, did a lot of work um, during that time. I actually produced some news specials every night with updates on the uh, just specifically on the Dahmer case itself. Um, so that was uh, it was an interesting, interesting time. Um, uh, you know, going back, I'm originally from Ohio. I um, but I went to school in South Florida and at a certain point, I, I got that job in Miami and then I got the job in Wisconsin, which was very jarring to my uh, then fiance who had never lived anywhere else but South Florida. And so moving to Wisconsin was a bit of a trauma. Mm. Um, and every winter, if there's a lot of snow, my marriage teeters on the brink. But uh, so far, we've been married for, um, well, 31 years going on 32. So somehow I've convinced her to stay all these years. Wow. Yeah, it would be kind of a, a trauma going from Miami weather to Wisconsin, which, you know, right now, as we record this, it's, you know, the snow, it's and, and it's not bad snow, but it's, you know, you go outside and the wind hits you in the face. And wow. And the Dahmer case, wow, which right now, everybody knows, you know, people who didn't know who Dahmer was, the younger generation, everybody's 
becoming aware of of who he was because of this Netflix special that just recently came out. So you were actually like in that reporting on that as it was happening. Yeah, it actually um, uh, was. I was I was a news producer, so I was I was producing newscasts about um, you know about everything. But then the Dahmer thing happened while I was producing the five o'clock news, and um, I it's actually a little a little jarring for me because uh, you know kind of following along, I a lot of things I remembered exactly, and they did a very good job in the Netflix special or the series on how they depicted certain things. I actually got referenced in in the newspaper um, about the Dahmer case because I uh, made a phone call to Dahmer's grandmother asking her for an, an interview, and she kept pressing me for why, why, why do you want to talk to me? What you know? And it's like it's about your grandson. And and finally, I I uh, you know mentioned that you know that he was under arrest and there was some considerations going on. And apparently, there were two newspaper reporters in the room at the time when she was on the phone with me. And they commented how another media person had so callously mentioned something despite the woman's age. So I'm that terrible person. They didn't say my name, which I'm awesome about, but, but yeah. So I also, um, that I also was mentioned another time because I have produced, I believe I still hold the record for having produced the worst newscast in the history of WTMJ television news history. So, what? you know, so I have, you know, and they reported that in the newspaper as well on on a newscast that just went sideways and et cetera. So right. hooray for me. Oh, geez. Oh, my gosh. So let's switch gears here a little bit on top of your day job, um, which is really what I wanted to talk to you about. You know, you're you um, you work a great deal with youth and helping them learn how to network. This is where I, I really want to you know talk to you about because it's it's ever more important these days and um, yeah let's let's jump into that. Sure, it that doing that is is one of one of the great pleasures I have in my life, um, and and what it is is I I will go and speak to uh, college classes um, and, and now I'm I'm starting to branch out into high school classes as well and teach them the value of networking. I teach them why you want to learn how to network, where you network, who you network with, and then give them some tips on how to engage in a conversation with somebody who you don't know. And, you know, these are, in many cases, skills that are never taught. You know, I I can't say that I've run into anybody who's ever been taught networking. Um, So, you know, so it's invaluable for them to learn this skill and to learn it early on, because most of us as adults, we learn network by being forced to do it and just doing it and just eventually finding our, you know, finding our voice and finding our ability to, to go and, you know, interact with other people. And uh, it's very fulfilling, um, especially when I see students who at the beginning of my talk are kind of like, ah, I don't know what's going on. Why, why is this important? And then by the end, you can see the light bulb going on and you know that you've given them, um, you know, a, a hand up, on their future career and their future success. And that's something that you said is, is really, um, is really important. A lot of us just learned by saying, or by by being told like, you need to go and do this. Right. And with no direction, no understanding. And and you and I had talked about this at a, a, you know, pre prior to, you know, 
to recording today about how we were taught, right? Or we were what we were told the goal was. Go to this event and come out with two sales or come out with a sale or and that was the only direction that we were given. Exactly. And that's a terrible way to network. That is a that, that that's a way that, that becomes it becomes very frustrating because um you know people who are at networking events no matter where they are on the spectrum in, in terms of their networking life they're not there to do business you know unless you literally can you know hold your jacket open and go like hey you want to buy this watch you pretty much can't do business <laughs> at a networking event anyway so it really is about making connections and what I try to do is kind of pull some of that mystery away and some of that uncomfortability away uh, from students uh, because, you know, they're like, oh, I, you know, it, it, it's so mysterious and I don't want to do it poorly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, having them be able to go and have some ammunition, know a little bit about what they're doing, be able to be confident in terms of how do I, how do I talk to a stranger? How can I, interact with somebody who I don't know. And where um, do you... And one of the things... I was going to say, one of the things I, I tell them to do is um, the next time you're in an elevator, talk to another person in an elevator because all of us generally ignore the fact that there's other people in the elevator. And we look at our shoes or our, wa or our phone or the, you know, the flashing lights above the door. Right. You know, and, talk to other people. And that's what I was going to ask. Where do you start? Where... where how do you... Because it's it's hard to, I guess, if you have an introvert versus an extrovert, you know, I'm I'm a born extrovert. I will walk up to anybody and it drives my husband crazy, by the way. <laughs> I'll walk up to anybody and start a conversation. Um, and I have learned because this was not something that I I knew how to do. I have learned to find a quick commonality. Um, and that is something I had to learn to do because I thought that if I just start a conversation, they'll be interested in what I'm talking about, which is completely wrong. <laughs> but so I've learned to pick up on the cues of, oh, they just peaked. I just piqued their interest with this or asking them. So how do you start educating them on where to begin? You know, a, a big thing really is what do you talk to people about? And um, I actually have a really nice diagram that I put onto a whiteboard or a blackboard. And I talk about different things that you can have a conversation about. Um, and they're, they're real basic stuff. You know, you know, the, the first thing I always draw is a house. And I ask the, I ask the kids, what does that represent? And they say, well, it's a house. I said, well, it represents where you live. We all live somewhere. And in some cases, you know, we've lived in interesting areas. In some cases, we haven't. Um, but, you know, that, that's a, it's an easy conversation starter for somebody. You know, an easy conversation for, you know, you sit next to somebody at an event. I just had this happen last night where I was sitting next to uh, someone who I knew, but I didn't know everything about her. And I asked her, have you always lived in Wisconsin? And then conversation starts from there. It's a very easy way to engage in a conversation is to ask someone where they live. Um, but there's a number of different topics that you easily, you know, and, and I, I love ones that are very unusual. Uh, I will go in and a lot of times my first question to someone who I don't know, who I'm trying to engage with is, what do you do for fun? 
because it's a very non-traditional type of question. And everybody does something for fun. And the thing that's awesome about that is that almost immediately that person, if they're, you know, if they're you know, in the moment, they'll get a smile on their face. They'll feel good about themselves because then they'll tell me that they like to knit or they like to sing or they like to, uh, you know, drive fast or whatever, whatever it is that they do for fun. Now I've made them feel good. And, and to be frank, that really is the basis of networking. The very first rule of networking is all about giving. And you can give in many different ways, but an easy way to give is just make somebody feel good. Right. And to that point is when people feel like you're genuinely interested in them, that releases that good, that feel good feeling, right? You take an interest in them and it's it's kind of human nature for them to genuinely, especially if they are a, a networker, to in turn take interest in you. And that definitely and that's where the natural flow comes from. So what is the, the typical age of these individuals? So I um when I when I first started doing this, I this actually was an outgrowth of something that I was doing when I was um, a member of a, uh, a a professional group in Milwaukee, the Business Marketing Association, which is unfortunately no more. But um, at the time, we started a subcommittee called the uh, the University Outreach Committee. And what we did was we went out to campuses. So we went to Marquette and Whitewater and WCTC and other campuses around, and we brought information to the students, certainly you know, both in an altruistic, hey, here's some information that will help you in your career, but also in a sense of, hey, we're the BMA and, you know, we'd love to have you join our organization if it's if it's right for you. It was, you know, a matter of, you know, kind of a recruitment aspect, but giving them some value um, to show them that, hey, this is a good organization to be part of. Um, after I stepped away from that organization, uh, I uh, was asked by some of the same groups who I had, you know, had appeared you know, at their campuses before to say, hey, can you come back and can you bring this this conversation to this new class? And so that's really where that that grew out of. So I, I talked to um, I, I have a, a kind of a standing invitation at WCTC and MATC, which, again, you're you know, you're talking about it's not necessarily the traditional student who's, you know, in their, you know, late teens, early 20s, you know, they have certainly plenty of adult students who go to technical schools. But then uh, recently, I've um, got a gig at Concordia University. And uh, they, they're asking me back now to, to speak to uh, four different classes. And then recently, I started speaking at high schools, um, mainly Milwaukee Lutheran High School. And that has been very interesting to bring the concept of networking to students who are these are their seniors for the most part in high school so they're getting ready to begin their college career or their regular careers but um it's something that you know no one's ever spoken to these students before about why you would network uh, for many of them it's a foreign concept what what is this you know this that's it's an adult thing and it's amazing the kids who get it i'm just like oh my gosh you are so far ahead now right in terms of what you, you know, how you're going to be able to interact with other people, you know, not just even necessarily, oh, how, you know, are you going to benefit my career, but just to make relationships, mm -hmm. 
um, you know, to be able to, uh, you know, just represent yourself well and become known. I always tell the kids, you know, it's the old adage is it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. Um, but the reality is, is that it's not what you know, it's who knows you. Right. And networking is how you get known. Well, and it's I mean, it's no different than, I guess, going to a party, but staying professional and sober. Well, you would hope that that's <laughs> what people are Sometimes. doing. <laughs> you know, and, and having conversations that are just a little bit higher level versus, hey, man, you, you want to go play basketball or it's, you know, a little bit, a little bit, you know, higher level. And, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, it digresses into, you know, a, a little, I guess. But for the most part, when you go to these, you know, these events, everybody there is, is for the most part, everybody there is with the same goal in mind. Let me meet somebody, find some commonalities and see if it makes sense for us to pass business or connect each other with other people who they could do business with. And as long mm -hmm. as you go in with the the idea that I'm going to help somebody today and not the idea of who can help me, you're going to be successful. Because it's always a give first, get later mentality, which is the hard you know, the hard lesson I learned because I was taught incorrectly. And I think that many people who, you know, coming up in business originally, not, I, I shouldn't say many, but there were a lot of us that were taught incorrectly. Go in there, get as many business cards as you can and, you know, get a sale. And it was like my, my first networking, you know, couple of networking meetings were horrific. I hated it. I'm like, this is horrible. It was absolutely gut-wrenching horrible. You know, and and it didn't dawn on me until I just gave up one day and I just stood there and I'm like I'm just going to have a drink and I'm going to stand by the bar and then people started to approach me and they were asking me questions and they were teaching me without me even knowing it the right way to do it. And then I started I think to figure it out. Yeah, I think I think that that's a very common story. Um, I think that that is the story for most people. Mm -hmm. And it's a question of, you know, figuring it out at some point, understanding that, you know, it, it isn't about how many business cards you can get and uh, you know, even who you speak with. Now, certainly there's times that I go to events and I'm targeted. Uh, there's people who I know I want to speak with and I, I want to make sure that I try to speak with them and introduce myself to them. But there's so many great rewarding relationships that I've had with with people who I, I you know will likely never give me business. They may not even ever refer me, but they're fantastic people to know. And until you take that step out and and you know interact with other people, you just don't know. I think the other the other big problem is that a lot of people who are going to networking events specifically are people who are in sales. Uh, you know, in some in some capacity. And in many cases, they have a sales manager or someone else, you know, or the owner of the company or whoever, who has expectations for what they're going to get out of that networking experience. Because in many cases, there's a there's a, you know, there's a, uh, an expenditure, you know, to attend the networking um, event. Right. And that's such a 
it's such a short-sighted type of approach to networking. Mm -hmm. It's, well, oh, if you didn't meet the right people and come back with business cards and, and uh, you know, appointments and whatever, that that was, that was failed. And so networking doesn't work. That is a very uh, inappropriate um, type of approach to networking. networking. Networking should never be quick. Networking takes time, but the relationships that you build are deep. And again, it's all it, that's really what's important. And and I completely agree with that. It there the lasting relationships will follow you your career if you do it right. And getting back to the young individuals, I had a conversation um, just actually yesterday with somebody that we were talking about you know, the hiring cycle and the way that people now are getting jobs. And she made a, a very bold statement. She goes, it's no longer about applying to jobs. It's no longer, it has become who you know. It is not, it, it's, it's not what you know anymore. It's become who you know in order to get your next job. So in that conversation that, you know, we had, it, it, it was, you know, Networking is that much more important to the hiring process, to finding the next opportunity, and to have somebody like you approach our high school students, approach our college students, and get them involved, even for your next internship. You know, if you're looking for that in college, it's it becomes that much more of an important aspect to even landing that possible first job. You may be able to, you know, land it sooner or even level up because of who you know. Now, oh, absolutely. Every job I've had, I got basically through networking. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's, it's invaluable because uh, hunting for a job can be extremely frustrating. I've never had to hunt for a job. It's been a wonderful experience because I've had people who have vouched for me. That's the other aspect, too. When you go in and you network, when you go in for that interview, you're already a step or two ahead of that other person who just simply called in, answered a, you know, a, a LinkedIn job description or anything else like that. You go in with the reputation of the person who referred you going into that. Mm -hmm. And that's that's invaluable. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> my, my first job in news. Uh, I basically lied throughout my throughout my interview, but because I was recommended by my professor at college who knew the, the assistant news director and vouched for me. And I, you know, I did a good enough job of, hey, look, I can do the job that he hired me. Um, now, admittedly, I think they would also hired anybody with a heartbeat, but nonetheless, <laughs> it still was it still was an important thing. My right. job that I got in Milwaukee was literally because I had a friend of mine who had worked at a TV station at, in Milwaukee at WTMJ. His news director had called down to the station in Miami where he was working, asked him if he wanted to come back and be a weekend news producer. And he was like, well, I, you know, it wasn't really in his plans. He, he wanted to go to a bigger market than back to Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And the news director said, well, is there anybody else who might be a good candidate? I happen to be standing next to him. He hands me the phone. He says, here, talk to this guy. Not, didn't you tell me it was a job opportunity or anything else? Just he said, right. just talk to him. And that's how I got my interview in Milwaukee. 
And that's, I mean, every job I've had has always been networking. My, my first internship I got was because my mother was a great networker. Right. And she, um, you know, talked to a, 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 G, a GM at a TV station in Canton, Ohio, and said, my son needs an internship. You know, when, when will you have him in for an interview? There was no, like, could you do this? It was more like, you're going to do this. But right. and networking that, is just so important. And that's another thing is that when you meet these people in person, you then connect with them on LinkedIn. And I'm not saying that you have to meet everybody in person before you connect on LinkedIn. I mean, that was originally one of the ways that it started. Um, I'm not going to date myself, um, but I will. Um, originally, when LinkedIn started, that is, we used to have what we called LinkedIn parties. We'd all get mm-hmm. together. We'd meet in person and then we'd connect on LinkedIn. And that's how you like connected with people. It wasn't like connecting and then saying, hey, should we meet up and talk? You know, it was you met them and then you connected. Um, but that's the other thing with with LinkedIn. Um, I, I'm pretty I'm almost. No, I'm positive that every job that I have ever gotten, I have either been reached out to on LinkedIn and they have either come to me and said, hey, we want to interview you and sourced me away from where I was at. Or I've gone after a specific position and reached out directly to the hiring manager and said, hey, I applied to this job. And then they've just circumvented the entire application process and come directly to me and said, yep, we're interested. Or you're right. I knew them in person and they just didn't even have me fill out an application of, or even look at my resume and then just offered me the job on the, you know, on the spot. We'd like to hire you. Like, do, do, do you need me to send you anything? Nope. No. Okay, great. <laughs> I mean, because again, you're, it, it all becomes who, you know, it becomes reputation. It becomes, yep. I've already, you know, you've got like five people vouching for you. We know each other in this, in this community and, I I'm already ready to pull the trigger and it's like, Oh, okay. And when you build basically a bunch of individuals around you that all understand and know you like-minded individuals, even not like-minded individuals, people who are, but they also respect you enough to be like, yep, we may not think the same, but I'll still vouch for this person because I've seen her body of work or his body of work and and it's I have to respect it. And that's what the core of networking either in person or virtually comes down to. In my opinion. Now you're the expert. Well, it, I, I, so now if everybody just just for my audience here, Tom is making a face. So it, that's the other great thing about networking is that it, it's I've I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, you know, uh, perfecting my craft, if you will, mm-hmm. in the networking world. And one of the things that you learn too, as you go through networking, is um, sometimes, you know, what you think the way your, you know, your particular approach may not work depending upon the group that you're in. You know, there's certain groups that are very open to networking it's very easy and and that's the dna and the blood of that group and then there's other groups where it's like okay this is going to be a longer process Mm -hmm. this is not going to be how many business cards can i hand out it's going to be 
okay, how can I cement a deeper relationship, you know, within that? Um, but, but to me, networking is, is so beneficial in, in just so many different ways, even just, you know, communicating with anybody. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I strive for um, is just to make one person smile. And, and, and again, it's, it's, it's not necessarily networking, in a, you know, in a big giant word, oh, you're networking with somebody, you know, to make them smile. But, it, but doing that is how you become a good networker. Because people then feel good about, oh, hey, there's Tom, whatever, you know, and they, you know, and you get known. Um, right. And that's fantastic. It's a great feeling to be known. Yes. And, and, here's, and you, here's another thing is that when the first time that I met you, saw you in a room, you're not an easy person to miss. How tall are you? Six, five. <laughs> OK, you're not an easy person to miss and you have a presence about yourself. You're confident. You're and 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 again, I've I've seen a mix of introverts and extroverts. All networking. You don't. And I want to put that out there. You don't have to be an extrovert to network. But there is definitely something to be said about the extroverts in the room, a confidence in which they carry. And often those people are the ones who are sought out. The ones who I really like to meet this individual, they seem like they know what they're doing, regardless of whether or not we actually do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've already heard that I just, you know, I just lie to get jobs. So there you go, <laughs> you know, but uh, it, it, it is. And the thing is, is that none of us are always extroverts. None of us, you know, can, you know, depending upon, um, you know, the the atmosphere, who you're with. I mean, just think of being a date to a wedding for someone you know you know so your 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 loved one that you're going with it's it's their family or their friends or whatever else and you know no one mm -hmm. there you are an introvert and you need to be an introvert at the start of that type of thing out of respect because right. people don't know who you are you can't just barrel in and go oh hey look at me etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way um and so i think you know no one, I think, again, is, is born as an extrovert. We grow into it because we have confidence. We know that we can have a conversation. Um, and I do think that there's a responsibility that extroverts have at uh, networking events is to seek out those who might have a, more of a challenge. You see that person who's there by themselves. And I'm in I'm in a number of different professional groups. And I was actually president of of one statewide organization at a time. And I would tell my board after we, you know, we always had a board meeting before we had our regular meeting with the with the rest of the members. And I would tell my board before they left, you are all in membership now because you are representing the chapter. And so you need to make sure that you are interacting with people because you are in membership now. Right. And you you hold that responsibility of when you see somebody standing there by themselves, quiet not understanding or n not even not understanding but but having that fear of how do I approach or and there's still sometimes where I'll walk up to a group of people who are engrossed in a conversation and I'm like do I break in and introduce myself or do I let them finish their conversation where's the line of like hey I'm here or I'll just quietly go on <laughs> And then being the person who is engrossed in a conversation, 
you know, I always try to remember if somebody new walks up that I'll pause, introduce myself, introduce the person I'm talking with, and then, you know, kind of finish our finish up our conversation really quick and then bring in the new person because I hate being that person on the outside. And those are just things that as now a seasoned networker, I notice. Whereas somebody who's new, they don't. And that's and that can be a, a, an easy source of frustration mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't want to embarrass, embarrass myself. I don't want the other people to appear awkward. One of the things that I that I do in in um, when I go and teach is that I show uh, body language of how to be welcoming if you're having a conversation to welcome other people into your circle, if you will. And and at times how to see. Well, these are people who are embroiled in, a, you know, a personal conversation that they're not open to. And so maybe it's time to look for somebody else. Mm-hmm. And and it's you know not just a matter of engaging, but I also teach how to disengage, which is a very important skill to have. And, you know, it's one of those things where you can have a make a great impression on the person you've spoken with and they can be feeling really good about you. But then if you disengage poorly now now they have a different you know their last image or their last memory of you is not a good one and it can really cost you you know status in their eyes mm-hmm. and it's again these you know, these techniques you know, none, none of it's rocket science it's it's more of just understanding how you know the psychology of people right and how you need to make an impression and how you can make one quickly, and certainly how you avoid making a negative impression. And that's, it's wild, disengage, that's wildly important. Because at a networking event, you never want to get stuck talking to the same person all night long. Or you've defeated, you know, the and a lot, some people will, they'll, they'll bring, trust me, in the early days, I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to go to this one alone, I'm going to bring a wingman. And then what you find yourself doing is standing and talking to that person all night long. And you're like, wait a second, it just completely defeated the purpose. So I'd go with that person. Then we would split up. And we would walk around the room. And then we'd come back together and be like, okay, how are you feeling? Are you comfortable? Are you talking to people? And then it was like, okay, now I'm getting to my groove where I have absolutely no problem going to a networking meeting completely by myself and walking in and being totally fine. Even a brand new, you know, group that I've never been to. Typically, I run into somebody I know anyways. But again, that's, you know, that this is what happens when you've, you've been doing this for too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I know everybody here. I need to find a new group. But, you know, it's when you disengage where you're talking and all of a sudden the conversation gets to the point where it's like, okay, we've exchanged information. We've, you know, we've, now it's time for me to move on. It's time for you to move on. You never want to be like, okay, peace out. Gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I struggled with that one in the beginning of, okay, now I've spent, you know, 20 minutes and I've only got, you know, a half an hour left before this is over. What do you say to that person? Or what body language? Or how do you walk away from that person without them feeling like you're not interested or you're being rude, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's wildly important. Yep. And it doesn't have to be awkward. It, it really is more putting yourself to a certain sense in their shoes mm-hmm. on how am I going to make this person feel good as I'm leaving them. Right. And and I in my in my classes, I, I give techniques, you know, and some key phrases and some other words that you can use. And again, the great thing about it is that I give a, enough variety that the person can kind of pick and choose what they're most comfortable with, what fits their personality. How are they, you know, and even even with that, too, it just gives them options. I mean, um, you know, you're not always going to start every conversation with what do you do for fun? You know, sometimes it's not going to be appropriate. Sometimes we need to start in a different way. Right. Um, so you have to, you know, it's it's good to have a number of different options in any situation that you can adapt to what is the most appropriate for that that particular moment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, w- once you get experience in networking, it just it just becomes so easy. It's just it's just what you do. It's not any special sauce or or secret method or anything else. It be you know, good networkers are very genuine in how they relate to other people. It's not forced. No, I, and I absolutely agree. You know, and my key because of you know my background, HR staffing. I always start I, I almost always with somebody I've never met. What do you do for a living? It's ingrained in me. My I when we walk up to somebody at a wedding or a, a party, it's it's my husband is like, God, you never stop working. You always and I'm like, it's it's just it's just the question I ask. What do you do for a living? Are you happy? Do you enjoy it? I'm like, oh my God, I'm interviewing this person. <laughs> <laughs> when you pull the form out and say, can you fill this out for me? That's maybe where you cross the line. Right. How much do you make a year? Would you like to make more? Do you need you benefits? Like <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I, I'm a serial, I'm a serial worker, a serial networker. I can't, I cannot turn it off. It's just who I am. And it drives my husband crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's just... I've been like that my whole life. But you also have to understand, I grew up with parents who, you know, had, I guess, customer appreciation parties. And I was networking at a very young age. I just didn't know it. So then when I started my first job and they're like, you're going to go to this networking meeting and you're going to get three sales and you're going to, I thought, oh, okay, so that's networking. I was just being the good daughter helping host this party and then when I realized no I I'm not doing it right now I was networking I was going and talking to people and getting to know them that was real networking (laughs) so now I um I want to make a point here right now this is really a volunteer thing that you are doing and that's amazing I wanted to point that out because in reality, you should be, you know, you should be having classes that you're you're being paid for this because this is something that should be a a regular scheduled class that students are able to sign up for and have an, a true instructor that because out of all of the things right now in the world that people need, this is one of the classes that should be mandatory going into a professional, going into any type of, of, you know, industry or whatever it might be. 
it's something that's this is part of the package of of training on soft skills and we aren't training our youth we aren't training our college students on soft skills and this is one of those things that I truly believe needs to be addressed and trained on so I just want to commend you that you're one of those you know there's a handful of people out there who are continuing to you know do their part and and helping and I want to commend you on that so well it's it's incredibly rewarding for me um I used to tell the instructor at WCTC who would give me two hours to go in and talk to the students that that was the best two hours of my year was going in and talking to these, these kids. And, and in two hours I can, I would cover, I'd go beyond uh, networking. I would talk interviewing. I would talk a little bit of resume stuff as well. Um, but it, it is incredibly rewarding and I've had so many great experiences doing it that you know, that that's again, how I get paid is through those great experiences. And I've actually had students come back and, and say, Oh, Hey, I remember you, you came and spoke to my class about networking. Um, it was really kind of cool where, um, one of the, uh, members of the Brookfield chamber came up to me and said, Oh, Hey, you know, you spoke, I remember you, you spoke, you spoke to us, you know, taught us about networking. And this is a guy who owns his own company right now and is, you know, very successful. And, you know, I, I can't necessarily take all the credit for it, but I'm happy that, that hopefully I gave him some skills you, to you be should, able to be useful. You should bill him now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I don't think that he's going to pay that bill, but yeah, probably not. No. So, um, just, you know, we're, we're, you know, coming to time and before we, um, you know, get too far down the rabbit hole here, um, I, I wanted to, you know, talk to you just a little bit about, cause we, we talked a little bit about your background and, and where you've been. Um, but you now are with Trimark. Um, you're referred to in many circles as the video guy. Um, and the question of the season, um, which I don't think that you got a, a huge preview of that. Um, I want to ask you that. Um, but tell us a little bit, just a brief, what is what is Trimark? Sure. So Trimark is a video and event production company. And we work, you know, with all manner of different types of clients from from entrepreneurs up to the Fortune 50. Uh and we work throughout the entire world, especially on, on our event side. We just did an event um, a week and a half ago in Malta, which is a small island in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, just south of Sicily. Um, and so our, our teams right now are, are spread throughout the country because it's meeting season, helping clients with conferences, sales meetings, user group meetings, uh, annual meetings, whatever. Um, so that's that's a huge part of our business, and then you know on the on the video uh, portion of our business, we do all manner of video from animation to live you know to interviews to uh, going in and shooting in factories. We have a, a really awesome interactive display that just um, uh, got put up into the War Memorial in uh, Milwaukee to honor the sixty four recipients of the Medal of Honor who who came from Wisconsin. So it's a giant video wall and a kiosk that you can, you know, see these stories of these uh, these gentlemen and, and what they did to to earn this recognition. Um, so it's it's really a, a very awesome experience that I've been able to have 
Uh, every day is different. We, you know, again, working with all manner of clients, large and small. I'm hopefully going to be helping a a budding country music star with his first performance video to go and get him more gigs um, that awesome. hopefully will be shooting in March. And and I and I get to do a lot of, um, you know, it, it affords me the freedom to go and do the networking thing as well as do some other um, things to sponsor causes that that are important to to me. Um, you know, I'm a member of the, the USO marketing committee and each year we get to produce some videos for their annual gala to honor the heroes of Wisconsin, the, the servicemen and women who serve in the different military branches and, and keep us safe. It's, it's, it's a privilege right. to be able to help in, in that tiny little way yeah. to help these men and women. And that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So the question of the season, um, may not apply, but um, what would you change about your job or the practice that people have in your role? What would I change about my job? You know, again, having, having been here as long as I have, um, obviously I'm, 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 I'm very lucky. I'm very blessed with um, who I, who I work with both my clients and my colleagues. So I'm not sure that there's, there'd be much I'd change about my job other than I'd change the perception that's out there that um you know i can get it done cheaper that that price is the only consideration that matters when it comes to you know doing events or video production um that there isn't a difference between working with a professional versus going and shooting it on my iphone and and you know getting it out there i mean it, it, it's great to me that there's so many options for people to get video content out there because video is one of the most effective marketing tools that you have uh, but it is something it's important that things be done right right and and, and i'd say even on the event side it's even more important because you, you only have one chance to do a live event right and if it isn't done correctly right you know I, I will i will say there was an event that you and i were attended and one of the things that that did trouble me about that event is that you have a stage and you have no lighting on that stage and so for me, sitting in the back, it was dark and it was hard to see the speakers who were there. And it wouldn't have taken much to get a couple of lights up there, but it's something that people don't think about if they're not working with a professional who's in the business right. to do that and make them look good. Of course. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, if somebody is interested in reaching um, out to you, how would they go about contacting you? Well, probably the easiest way is is email. Um, I'm still a little old school when it comes to uh, making contact, but my email is is a very easy email. Well, I think it's an easy email to remember, but there is a, a little twist to it. So um, we are Trimark with a Q. And the reason that we're Trimark with a Q is because originally we were going to be founded by three graduates of Marquette University. So try M-A-R-Q, makes sense. It was only two guys from Marquette, but by Mark doesn't roll off the tongue like Trimark does. So so we kept it with that. So, yeah, anyone who would love to, you know, I'd love to interact with anyone who'd be interested in chatting about networking. Uh, certainly, if I can help them on the video or event side, happy to do that. Um, but my email address is tom at trimark, T-R-I-M-A-R-Q dot com. Excellent. And I will put your contact information in the show notes. Um, Tom, this has been an awesome conversation. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. And I, I think it's just absolutely amazing that you, you know, donate your time to, you know, work with our youth on such an important thing that, um, you know, I wish that I would have had somebody who 
you know, taught me. So um, thank you again for taking the time to, to talk with me today. Thank you so much, Leanne. It's, it's been my great pleasure. Thank you again for listening to Let's Talk HR. I appreciate your time and support. Without you, the audience, this would not be possible. So don't forget that if you enjoyed this episode, to follow us, like us, or share us. Have a wonderful day.